Hi, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Keen Minds. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa of Criminally Sane. And we are excited. Yeah, we're going to go over uh, Season 4, Episode 15, The Apothecary. And it is our winter finale for The Blacklist. We're very... I mean, I love that episode. How about you? I liked it really well. I think that I set expectations... I hate saying that I set expectations that didn't get met because that makes it sound like the writing wasn't good, the acting wasn't. It just, I set very different expectations than what it turned out to be, I suppose, is what it, you know. I, I was expecting different things. I thought that there mm. would be a huge reveal. I mean, and I guess you could say that there was, but I also think, it's a, I think it's a fake huge reveal. Like, I, I expected Liz to find out that that red's her dad like i expected that to come out and something like that um and so i expected that and i also expected some very at least one very emotional scene between red and liz and i didn't get that we'll, we'll go over that more when we get to liz but mm -hmm. so i don't want to say i was disappointed because it's nothing that that the writers or the the producers or anything did wrong it just my expectations were different so it's it was still a very good episode i still very much liked the episode yeah i loved it i thought it was a very good solid episode um you know make me remind remind me of that old movie doa uh, I think it was maybe Dennis Quaid, the actor in it, uh, in which a, get, a guy gets uh, poisoned and he knows that he has like 48 hours to find the murder and he's called dead on arrival because he's going to, you know, and he's him trying to piece together what happened and, and who murdered him. And I think he also doesn't remember everything. So it's a great nod to a really good movie. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was... I, I did lament the lack of, of an emotional reaction from a lot of them, but we got it from unexpected places. And that's true. I, I loved seeing uh, Marvin Gerard come back. I was terrified, absolutely terrified, that they were going to take Red to a very dark place in which he killed Marvin, and then the phone call came through. I, I just sat there on the edge of my couch going, Don't do it, Red. You're about to find out. Don't do it. I know it's not Marvin. <laughs> And so that like that that terrified me in that moment. Thankfully, Red had the patience to not do that because I think that would have just ripped him to shreds if he pulled that trigger. Marvin was dead, and that phone call had come through. It wasn't Marvin, you know. No matter. I, how I think that I, I wasn't sure. I, w I was pretty sure that he was not going to kill Marvin because I think most of what Red wanted to understand was why he has done it and I don't think that he would have killed him without finding out finding that out and where Dembe was he, he was looking for Dembe and that's what he said to Marvin's that he he knew everything except for where Dembe was and obviously why because Marvin didn't do it um so yeah I mean I enjoyed we got to see a lot of characters we haven't some that we've seen recently some we haven't they brought back a lot of minor characters um we had the uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the, the accountant. banker. We had the banker. Yeah. We had the accountant. The accountant. Uh, we had Glenn, of course. We heard Baz speak, which is huge. Mm -hmm. um, who else did we have? 
there were a bunch of little and then we got to see we basically got a peek into red's organization we yeah, heard he's... about it and liz talked about it um I guess that was a couple episodes ago where she said mm -hmm. with, with the shipping and everything where she was like, yeah, yeah how many do you have? Yeah. It, how she many operations do you have? She basically had this look on her like, how far does this criminal empire of yours go? And that's, it's a good question. We, you know, the fandom has asked that several times in which how much is Red actually worth and how far does this criminal empire go? We don't know. And so it was very nice to see a glimpse into his... Yeah, His and those were the 11 people that had access to that particular account. So that is not all of Red. That is not all of his organization because I'm sure that like anybody who is very, who's versant with the, with the art of war, he would have kept things compartmentalized. The problem he faces now is because he thinks it's Dembe. Um, he, I I bet that there are not that many places to hide in accounts that he can access that are not in Dembe's knowledge. Well, when in Cape May, uh, he was talking to Marvin on the phone and he said uh, Dembe has power of attorney. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Dembe. And personally, I don't think it's Dembe. Like, it, it would take. No, even if John Bokenkamp sat across from me and told me it was Dembe, I still wouldn't believe him because I would just assume he was spinning it. Um, and, just... and, the, and the accountants would have said that, would have said, hey, wait a minute, you gave the order. I have something signed here saying it's Dembe. Everybody seems to be saying, like, it came from your account, but nobody's saying who gave the order. So that seems to imply that it's not a person who gave the order, or if they did, they made it sound like it was red. It, to me, it more sounds like it's hacked. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and I I think it'll be really interesting with Dembe. I one of the things that I noticed with Red was that I mean, because like we were talking about earlier, the he he was trying to piece the thing together as he went. He obviously mm -hmm. his memories are super jumbled. I just kind of want to look at him and go, "How do you think Liz feels?" You know, <laughs> have a taste of what Liz feels every day of her life, and you did yeah. that, buddy. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, with his memories jumbled and only having pieces of it to go off of, it's a very good possibility that Dembe dropped him off and Red said, "Go, go find such and such." Like they knew who did it, and he just can't remember because the poison screwed with him. Mm. And so Dembe may very well have left on Red's orders. To go chase and he, yeah. down, and he and he doesn't remember, or or to make sure that somebody else is safe or something. Um, it it to me doesn't make any sense. Also, because there's other people that have knowledge of his organization that he may not know about it. We also have Mr. Kaplan. I don't think that Kate would have done that because I don't think neither Kate nor Dembe would have endangered the people that have been that have worked. They would not have done anything that cost Stratos, who was such a loyal friend, and Dembe was in a, you know, bent out of shape because of, you know, the danger and what finally happened to him. So I doubt that it would have been Dembe and Sarah, and I doubt that Mr. Kaplan would have done the same. And I think she's not that person. I'm, bl I'm blanking on who said it. It might have been Liz, it, but someone at the end of the episode when it came out that they thought it was Dembe said, he has access to Red all the time. Why would he poison him? Like, wh what's the point? He has no bars access to this man. 
Why poison him? Yeah. I mean, at that point where he gave him the, the alcohol, Randy usually is armed, but not when he's around Dembe. And even if he was armed when he was sitting in that chair, he's probably in the back of his pants. And, you know? And why just take the gun, block him in the head. That's it. Dispose of the body. Nobody will ever know what happens. Or poison him and don't take him to the doctor. I mean, just, oops, Dembe was out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are so many ways to do that. It's not even funny. And Dembe is a very smart man. We we do know this. We are aware of this. He's a creative soul. If he were willing to off Raymond Reddington, he that would was not... not the way to do it. Yeah. And, and spend all that money for nothing. I mean, if you're going to take that money, take the money for and not not spend it on an exotic uh, poison. That, to me, tells me that the timeline is sort of important. That's interesting. There's something about not using a poison that is immediate because there are so many poisons that are immediate. So I think that when you use a poison like that, we're using something because it allows some time to pass, which is, you know, that the apothecary made poisons that would kill people, uh, simulating that they had a heart attack or whatever condition. Uh, and they, he also made things that put people in coma. Um, so there is something in all of this that speaks to me. I don't think it's Dembe. It's, you cannot convince me it's Dembe. Dembe is like a rom. He has our precious cinnamon roll. There would be a revolt. Like, I mean, if nothing else, James went out of his way in season one to make sure that his sham stayed on the show. I cannot imagine that he stayed on the show this long to become Raymond Reddington's would-be murderer. Like now, plus, it, it didn't make any sense. I mean, he could have done that without getting any innocent people killed, which is what he was worried about. Uh, you know, also, read things that nobody else had access to the apartment, but that we don't know that that to be true. That apartment was not read. Somebody lived there. Before Red took over. Uh, well, that's probably true. Leonard Call has a, has access to that apartment. He's been there before. But he wouldn't know about the finances, although he can hack probably anything. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying that you're right. Medical history. People... Yeah, it's, it's who fits all those? It, I'm not sure we've met them yet. Yeah, because it has to be somebody with hacking abilities, somebody who knows Red's medical history, somebody who knows enough. They don't even need to have access to the account. They just need to be able to know the account exists. I still think it has. I still think it's linked to Katarina, but I've also seen a theory running amok uh, that it has to do with the cabal, which would make sense. They would have people on retainer that could do all of this. They could find mm -hmm. out medical history. They could find out. They could track it down if they wanted to, and so, so that that does make sense too. Well, they had some medical history, but. I, I do wonder about that. It, it's an interesting, it was a very interesting episode. Um, can we talk about the apothecary himself? What a creeper. Okay, so the roomie and I sat there and he goes and he kisses his wife and lays down with her. And I said, okay, this is either really sweet or really scary. If she's sick and he's looking for a cure for her, that's super sweet. If he's holding her against her will, that's so creepy. And it was 500 times worse than I realized. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was and besides my husband said, "Is that a is that a, a um 
a straight jacket that she's wearing at night? I don't think so. I think it was just a gown. Oh, but it did look I, it just, weird. He yeah. was so nuts. And that last line about even from prison, we can be a family. I'm just going, no. <laughs> she's going to take that child far away from you. <laughs> yeah. You know, if she has a child... That child is going to go into a close adoption that nobody would know. Yeah. I bet she's going to tell, oh, no, I had a miscarriage or something of the sort. And, you know, the baby died. Why would she have to tell him anything? She's not going to ever see that man again except on his trial. I mean, I would stay so far away from him. It's not even funny. He was mm. creepy. This could be one of our creepiest blacklisters I, I would. <laughs> I, I would put him right with the with the giant in the woods that skin people in the in um in the uh, stewmaker right uh, the right there. I honestly I and I think it's probably the more personal level because I mean the stewmaker and um I'm blanking on his name but the the one that that wrestler Matthew, Matthew. um both of them had. I mean, and this guy definitely had some sort of weird, creepy disconnect, but, I mean, he was off in la-la land of thinking he was fixing his marriage. Honey, go to a counselor. Don't drug your wife and rape her. That's, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah, that doesn't go in the right in the normal books. <laughs> no. But, but Matthew and the Stewmaker both had relationships. They weren't necessarily consensual relationships. Maybe that's mm -hmm. how I should put it. The Stewmaker was married, had a son. I mean, you didn't get the impression they were very close, particularly, because, I mean, he wandered off to his stew-making activities. But there was nothing wrong there. He wasn't holding her against her will. He wasn't tossing her yeah. into a pot okay, boiling her. Okay. I got another one. Um, the Cypress Agency. There you go. He that would nuts. that would qualify, yeah. yeah. And he, had this, he was doing the same thing on a grand scale. <laughs> yeah, he was. You're right. You're exactly right. Gosh, oh, yeah! Oh, it just that one really creeped me out. <laughs> like, I mean, that's... I, I, I that, that that scene where he takes the the t shirt and he's kind of like looking sexy and and it just the whole thing was like, oh man! I mean, this it, is it was so bad on the rewatch because I knew he was creepy the first time through. Like I said, I'm going, I don't know if you're sweet or creepy, so I can't make a judgment yet. Rewatch, I knew and. Oh, yeah. The, the tears on the on the wives were like, uh, yeah, no, this not this does not look good. And that that's what I said when she was crying. I'm like, this doesn't look like a good thing. But maybe she's just really sick, you know. You never know. And then he's like talking about how he's has to keep her sedated, and I'm going, never mind. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot trust you to not run away. Okay. <sighs> Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need marriage counseling oh. from jail. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was. I, I I thought it was it was a great uh, a great blacklister. You oh, know, he was fantastic. He's just creepy as hell. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. <laughs> and, and I noticed that the name uh, Hightower, uh, a rook in chess, it's basically a Hightower. Mm -hmm. So we're getting more chess games, and I'm always get excited. We got Knightly recently, um, so it's uh, we got King. Hey. And, 
and we'll uh mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go over it and we're doing a separate yeah. separate podcast for redemption but there was also a chess game being played in redemption that yeah. i spotted and thought of you tessa yeah. <laughs> yay so that is that is um that is really awesome um i i i love when we get these little symbols that they you know get my juices going uh, okay so um, creepy apothecary moving on from him uh how about donald wrestler I love Wrestler in this episode. I know that he didn't have a lot to do, but I like the fact that despising Red so much, he was still willing to do his job and do it well and get things done timely to save him. Think back to uh, Anslow Garrick. I mean, he took a bullet, not just a bullet, but a shotgun, you know. Yeah, uh, that was nasty. I mean, he nearly lost his leg. The, apparently, the the writing team talked about having wrestler lose his leg uh, in season one. I read an interview at one point, but it's. I mean, so th- this is he's almost back to season one with "I hate you, but I'm gonna do my job," and so yeah. that's very wrestler. I also for 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 whatever is worth. Um, I don't have that excellent reading of on that scene yet. I would have to watch it, you know, two, three times to be absolutely certain. I thought that there was a slight personal concern. Despite everything, they're like really the dysfunctional family. Wrestler may not be happy that with Red and doing his bidding and all that, but I think there is concern. I would agree. I mean, death is kind of final. I mean, even in, you know, real death, not fake death, obviously, but, I mean, if you're watching someone, you know, hack themselves to death because they've been poisoned in front of you, I mean, it was pretty obvious that that Red was not faking anything. And so, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that with Ress, that, I mean, no, he doesn't want to be doing his bidding, no, he doesn't want to be basically on his payroll, but he's not going to wish death on the man either. Mm. I also like the scenes in in the they have there's a couple of interrogations and I thought that him and Liz were working really well together. I loved the one with uh, with he and Brooklyn or yes. uh, them them okay. against Brooklyn. I mean they had her yeah. tied up and twisted up so fast they were just fantastic yeah, together. That was a yes. great scene. I love I love them because they were both reading each other very well and this woman was just like trumpling all over her dead her feet she was like yeah she was falling like she was tied down they knew exactly what they needed to say to make her say what they needed her to say yeah and it was great yeah i i, I really like that so it they were really sure because both, this episode was really red and and uh but i love i love the way that everybody else had little scenes and they were great a rom uh, Aram uh, had one of the best reactions. Sounds terrible. Had one of the best reactions to Red dying. But it just, <laughs> it's just no. It's like, Aram has said no. Sorry, Red, you're not allowed to die. <laughs> the cinnamon roll has spoken. <laughs> no. He was he was so... Um, I actually felt that Liz, I think, was, was kind of like, had a very strange reaction. We'll talk about her. But I thought that him and, Ara- and, Sar- and Samar were really uh, afflicted by it. They were affected by by Red's uh, predicament. Yeah, I think 
Simone was very emotionally invested this entire time. I mean, when she walked in with the, um, I'm blanking on his name, it starts with a P, but the, 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 basically the... Panetti, I think yeah, was Yeah, Panetti, I think was his name. Yeah. When she walked, I mean, just the way she spoke to him was, she, it, it's like she was, it was personal to her. And I think it's because they were on such a time crunch with this, you know? Mm-hmm. And these people have been working with Red for what? I mean... Somewhere three around, years. Yeah, three years at this point. It's, you know, the, the time scale kind of shifts and changes when they need it to. But it's around three years. And they're, I mean, you're going to get emotionally attached. Regardless yeah. of who you are. Even if you're, you know, the badass facade agent. You're going to get emotionally and, attached. And Red had saved them all. Yeah. Multiple times. Red, yeah, Red had saved Samar. Red had saved Wrestler. Saved uh, a few times, uh, Samar a few times. Aram not personally in a in a danger, but he would have been accused of of being the mole. Um, so I think that you know, even though the interrogation was um, well to the point, to the point of a gun. <laughs> it, it, oh, don't it look worked. so stricken. The first bullet will yeah. kill you. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh red. That's that was a one of. That's a great scene. You love that scene. Um, just admit it. It's okay. <laughs> I do. I do. It's just like Aram. I mean, it, it was like Aram's favorite one. Um, and how about Cooper? Oh, the uh, gift well, basket. Was, we have yeah, to talk about the say. gift basket. <laughs> Aram, I was going to bring a bottle of wine, but then I realized that he was potentially poisoned with wine. and just... Leave it to a Rom to think about that. He doesn't seem like a flowers person. I'm just like, you precious, precious man. No one else has done this. You know, no one yeah. thinks about this. It's a Rom. I mean, and granted, he's head over heels for Samara, but a Rom's the one that goes and sits in the, the hospital with people. He goes and he just, he genuinely cares about each and every person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Dimbe was being let in, you know, in handcuffs yeah. in season three, hi, Dimbe. Yeah, he legitimately cares for everybody that he works with, and not just on a superficial level. It's so deep with him. It's beautiful. And he and he said, you know, I to Liz and gave her a hug when she came in chains, mm-hmm. and everybody was turning their backs on on her mm-hmm. because she's supposed to be a a dirty cop. Yep. So it was it was really it's a, Aram is is you know he's he's the heart of the show, and I. I, I, you know, again, short scenes, but to the point of, well, the essence of what the writers, I think, wanted to say was said in very, in very short scenes. Loved it. Yeah. And so uh, Cooper's was interesting. He had a comment in there that said something like, uh, you can, you know, there's nothing wrong with wishing the best, even for the worst or something along those lines. It's not the worst of us. Yeah. The worst of us. And I was just like, good grief, Coop, you know. (laughs) And, like, I, I keep sw- switching back and forth personally because sometimes I feel like he's really hard. On, like, he's been he's been pretty steady, you know, but you get emotionally invested in the episode and you're like, just give the man a break. He just nearly died. Could you not take a swipe at him right now? <laughs> you know, he just lost a friend. Could you not take a swipe at him right now? <laughs> I think that, that for Cooper, the turning point seemed to have been Kirk. Oh, I agree. Red letting go Kirk set him off in a in a bunch of wrong directions it sent the wrong message for him um i'm sure that there is something else going on with 
Panabaker in in some pressure, because remember by now we we have this other president that also is in Red's pocket. So things have to have shifted a little bit. Yeah, and I'm sure it makes Cooper uncomfortable to know that Red has something over the current president. I mean, that's it's got to be an uncomfortable spot to be in, you know, to know yeah. and not be able to do anything about it. So, so something going on with Cooper, but I noticed that even then he was then doing this job, and I think that he cares for the man. I, I have a feeling that in Cooper's case, he's almost like he's, he's upset. Cooper has got to the point where he needs to understand what Red is doing. Yeah, and I agree, and I think that Cooper will be better once Red finally divulges something. Yeah, kind of gives like him Liz. something. Kind of yeah. like Liz. Oh. And so, um, I guess that leads us into Red and Liz because that's uh, yeah. I I found it fascinating that Red never once questioned Dembe. Yes, honestly, that was probably my biggest clue through the whole thing that they were going to point the the arrow at Dembe was the fact that Red was so adamantly against it. Now, at, at one point, I thought maybe Dembe had been taken, had been kidnapped, and that's mm -hmm. where he was. But honestly, that's probably just because I did not want Dembe to have anything to do with it. <laughs> and I still don't think well, he did. Yeah, I think that they they also made so many overt clues that they were like, you know, hammer on the head twice. So, I mean, do you really have to, when you show me the picture of Red and he's talking, you see Rembe in the back, uh, you see Rembe and they, Dembe and they like linger on Dembe putting, pouring the, the whiskey for Red. There was, and, and they've been doing this for two, three episodes. I mean, overtly, it's not like the subtle clues that we get in the blacklist. This is like, hey, you know, here you go. And because that's not enough, let me just hit you again. Um, uh, yeah, the concern of Red was, you know, while you try to save my life, I'm going to save Dembe's life. Yeah, that was that was beautiful, and and I think Red considers Dembe like a child, and this is as devastating as if Liz were to do it. Even more because Liz doesn't have the benefit of knowing everything. Well, Dembe does. Agreed. I definitely agree. And I do wonder, because you had everything so PC and he has huge blanks in his memory because of the poison and how it affected him, I, I do wonder if if it's possible that he and Dembe know, you know, knew who it was, they found the guy or the gal that was responsible, and as Dembe was dropping him off, he said, go find this person, sent Dembe out on the mission, but now he just doesn't remember. I will say that this this episode made me absurdly paranoid of everybody that came within Red's orbit. I didn't trust... Um, the I doctor? The doctor I really didn't trust. And then and then the uh, Lulu that came up, which, very cool thing I didn't realize until after. I, I had heard that there was a member of the fandom mm -hmm. that had recently passed away. Um, I mm -hmm. didn't know what the details. I, I was not... I did not. Yeah, know I remember her. that they 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 asked the writers to to name a character yeah, uh, for her as a it, posthumous. And they did, and apparently Lulu was was named after her, which is super cool of the writers. Like that's I don't think just every writing group will do that. I mean, yeah. that's really impressive. Um, so I'm really glad that 
<laughs> obviously I'm really glad that Lulu was trustworthy. You know, um, I just, I, I found it a little odd that the character had been tossed into the back of a trunk and then became so helpful. I'm not sure just anybody would have. <laughs> I think that goes to who Red is because Red is, Red is a caring person. He can be, you know, he can be lethal and he can be, you know, he've killed many people, men and women, that he deemed to be worthy of killing. We thought, I thought about it. But Red is also a, a decent person in many ways. And, um, you know, even the woman said, you were polite about it. Telling me that you know we had to come in the trunk with me, so it was it, it was it was very funny to me, and I love the that 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 shows an aspect of red that we haven't seen lately, that that caring red that that you know, the well, echoes of the of a naval the naval officer. Yeah, and and he's always he's always like that. It's really sweet. <laughs> I mean, he was the entire time with her, and he was very polite and very. I mean, yes, he was asking for her help and things and sometimes coercing help from her, but I I loved her reaction of, could you not point, could you be careful with that thing? Could you not? Because he's just waving the gun around. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the poor man's coughing himself half to death mm -hmm. and he's not all there. He's not thinking straight and he really is just waving that thing mm -hmm. everywhere and this woman's going, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Eventually, we learned that there was a large check that was sent to this woman for, you know, a beach house all paid and property taxes paid for the next 20 years. As long as he remembers her. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that memory kind of got spotty. Um, but yeah, something interesting that, that you brought up before we started recording on the podcast was uh, the fact that this is the second time that he's called Liz's name on death's door. Yes, and only Liz, because she didn't make reference to any other name. Mm -hmm. Just who is Elizabeth. Yeah. So it means that if he still loves Katerina, which I think he does, he either thinks her dead or he thinks her unworthy and, and feels betrayed by her. Yeah. And, I mean, it's Liz. It's, it's his Lizzie. And so yeah. I I love that. I love that that's a constant. I love that no matter how betrayed Red, Red feels on his end, no matter how much has gone between them, you know, that, that chasm that you can still feel between them, mm -hmm. he loves her so deeply. And that's, it goes to the core of the show. It's, it's really beautiful. It's a family, it's a, it's a family love story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Megan I... called it a love story and she was right. It's just, it's a bunch of different types of love. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, one of the, of the most interesting, um, things about Red was this is the second time that he's been talking about him feeling death come or talking about knowing that he's going to die, except the the previous time he said that he's, uh, he was with Baldur and he was telling him about knowing death third time. What third is the time. third? Um, at the uh, meeting at, um, it was, it was, uh, early 3B. Um, I always forget the name of that episode. Um. Oh, Shell Island Retreat? Yeah, at the Shell Island okay. Retreat. Uh, okay. that, that he says, you know, tell our friends in hell I'll be along shortly. 
So yeah, third time. Mm-hmm. And and he has always, um, you know, obviously he has a medical team and he wants to survive. And but he tells Baldur that he's a. He told Dom at that point that he didn't know how to go forward, right? So at the time when he thought Liz dead, he was looking for a way forward, a way to live without Liz, without without pain. Then in, in, with Baldur, he's talking about feeling death creeping at him from the corners of the room and not knowing if it's there for him or is echoes from the past. And now he's telling Lulu that... Um, He's been, he's lived this long with a corona of death and now finds that he is not unwilling to go gentle into the good night. I loved that. <laughs> Just Beautiful so line. Spader, Spader. Oh, that man. Um, he has a way with words. He, he does. He's very good with that. Uh, there, there, it takes a special kind of actor to be able to monologue well. I mean, mm-hmm. monologues are, they're difficult. Especially lengthy yeah. ones, and he just—he never fails on, no, on a monologue. No, they—they they were spot on. But that was a very interesting thing because that means that something has changed him from a man who didn't care about death. And he, in that scene that they rob us with Tom, the one that I keep hammering and hammering about from the season three outtakes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He tells Tom that the reason he has been done, able to do what he has done is because it doesn't matter if he doesn't come back. He's always can go out and do whatever needs to be done because he knows that if he doesn't come back, nothing changes. He, no, nobody depends on him. So this is interesting. That means that having Agnes in this life is change his fundamental view of the world. And that is the reason why he's he's not seeing things. Because I always say that he is tired, he wants to go home. And since I believe that he's running a very long undercover mission, the cover is starting to crack, like what happened to Tom. Because he's being loved, he's being he had had affection, he has had time, he has seen his granddaughter. You know, whether he's a biological granddaughter or not, at this point, I don't care. It makes no difference because that's a relationship he considers this to be his daughter. Yeah. And so, which, and I mentioned, I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. One of the things that kind of broke my heart about the episode that I was really looking forward to was an updated version of what we saw in season two. When Red was shot in season two, they were, you know, Liz had just found out that Red had hired Tom. She was pissed and he gets shot and they still have this gorgeous moment with her by his bedside with you know the the bloody hands you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's a very beautiful moment it's a very touching moment and even though she's angry at him when he's being carted off like when he's on death's door three we have a a a third one go 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 and i'll go okay um but when he's on death's door there's just that worry and that fear and I didn't feel that sense of of urgency and connectedness in this episode. And I, I'm not saying it was anything wrong with any what people were doing. I just I feel like that's where Liz is right now. And that really kind of breaks my heart because I was hoping, in the same way that I was hoping when Dembe came to her door and said, you know, he, he doesn't care about anybody but you, I was hoping that maybe she would choose to try to reach out in a kinder fashion to him. 
I, I keep wanting Liz to soften to Red. Mm. I, I have some thoughts on that subject, but I wanted to bring out the third time mm. that Red had been in what Liz thought was death door, which is in Luther Braxton. And he's unconscious and he's like, wake up, breathe, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I think that she was concerned. Oh, there's a fourth one. There you go. <laughs> there's a fourth one. I just thought about it. Uh, yeah. At the end of 4A uh, with Kirk. Because they go and all they have is the hat. And when he yes. comes in and she gives him that awesome hat. And she picks up the hat. That's what I've been waiting for. That kind of moment. I mean, because she's still ticked at him there. But he's alive. And she sees it and she's excited and she's happy and she hugs him. Even though an episode later she's still frustrated with him. And she's saying, well, maybe someday you can come see Agnes. You know, she's... She, you still know there's that affection. And I... And maybe the scene got cut, maybe there is a scene and it just got cut for time, I don't know, but I was really hoping for a by the bedside, gripping the hand, let me tell you something that I wouldn't tell you otherwise when I'm about to die, kind of moment, you know? I feel that I was kind of hoping for it, but looking in retrospect to where Liz has been, I think I am happy. I'm happy they didn't do it. And this is going to sound weird and not make me very popular. But, you know, I said I'm excited because I think we're going to get a big reveal, basically because I just wanted canon, not because I wanted the, the gushy scene. I wanted canon. I like and, gushy scenes. I'm okay with admitting that. <laughs> yeah. uh, they make me uncomfy. Um, I, I hate seeing the movies. I like them in person, but not in movies. Um, I'm still waiting on my freaking kiss between the Keens that hasn't happened since like mid season three mm. these people have been married and it, it's this is not about Liz's romantic relationship and I think that's why we haven't gotten it but I was really hoping for it before he left for redemption so. well I think that is because we we've had the focus of of the blacklist is family and it's not a being about the romance we got that's, romance that's we got yeah. the boat now it's about being the family and their life has not been very normal i mean they're uh you know they have a kid it's you know lack of sleep can do a lot you know <laughs> 4 a.m yeah yeah um, i mean there's there's a funny thing in in the in in modern family i don't know if you watch modern family but there is a you know they're they're there and they have a, a a baby and the kid is out and and suddenly they're you know somebody's taking the kid and and they look at each other and says oh my god the kids are out we're alone and we get like three hours. Nobody knows where we are. And you think, oh, they're, you know, they're going to go. They're going to have a romantic scene or sex or whatever. No, let's have a nap. Yeah. So there, there's a, an element of that that kind of rings true. I can um, totally see that with the Keens. <laughs> and, and also because, remember, she's saying about the nanny. By the way, we mentioned we have a Carly that takes care of, of, of That's in redemption, Agnes. though. Yeah, that's that's in redemption. Yeah. But just wanted to mention because that applies yeah. to that's to, fair. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, applies to 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 Agnes that everybody worries if she's going to become a Hudson. It's okay. Um, she's okay. We don't know what happened to Hudson. I I'm of the opinion that Kate was going to get Hudson to Cuba with them, and someone's taking care of Hudson, but nobody knows where he is because only Kaplan knew. Maybe she's a, maybe Hudson is a spy dog. Oh, I think Hudson's maybe that's why a he changes. He goes undercover and changes identities and looks different. Um, but definitely, uh, one of the things is like I think that Lily, that Liz is getting very tired, 
she's physically and emotionally tired. I mean, she has a baby to contend now. She has, and she's talking about the nanny in redemption, like, oh my God, maybe we can get a nanny and go on vacation and the nanny will take care of Agnes, will stay with Agnes. So I think that she's getting that burn that most mothers feel like, you know, if that rings true, you know, she's like, okay, whoa, this is tiring, you know? Which, which is not a knock to Liz. At any rate, you know, I mean, she's working the full-time job, plus, you know, she probably works well over the normal hours a week, you know, and then she comes home and kiddo's screaming at all hours of the night, and, I mean, there's only, even if Tom gets up with the kid so she can sleep, if Agnes is screaming in the room right next to theirs, it's it's not a huge apartment. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think she is exhausted. Yeah, there, there, is, a le- uh, there is an exhaustion level. There is a, a a different level of frustration that we have seen building up in four seasons. This time, Kirk, she thought Kirk was her father. Red tells him he's gone, doesn't tell him what happens to him, doesn't tell her anything, doesn't tell her about your mother, doesn't tell her absolutely nothing and yes we can put things together and Liz should be putting them together but I think at this point Liz is feeling a level of exhaustion and and she was just at the point where she was starting to embrace Tom's attitude of oh well you know what let it the past go I don't need the past we need the future we're the future let's think about it at that point his past comes up yeah, yeah, and but the so thing is, she's like, bam, back in there. She she's hopped five hundred percent on board with this. Let me see what I can track down for you, and so she's focusing on his, probably so she doesn't have to focus as much on hers. Yeah, and and Liz is, you know, for somebody, I was thinking about that the other day. If somebody had taken your memories and you don't know what happened, and I I suspect that Liz, you know, she describes herself in episode one as having been narcissistic, being self-involved, um, that her colleagues in general do not like her too much. I think that for somebody who have a pretty good idea that she probably did something bad. Yeah. Um, and, and it must be terrifying in truth is what she needs because it's what she doesn't have. Yeah, and it's also going back to the what if the reality is worse than anything I've ever come up with in my head. Because every time that something like this pops up, like Kirk. Kirk was terrible. Like, I'm kind of half surprised that, I mean, obviously it has to further the storyline, but, like, if I were Liz and Tom's family popped up and been like, I understand what you want. If you really need that, then that's okay, but... I really don't want another Kirk situation. <laughs> you know, we just yeah. did this. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a terrifying, exhausting roller coaster that Liz had been in there. And I think at this point she had despair that Red is going to tell her anything because she asks. I think that is because she hasn't asked the right question because Red is not going to lie to her. So she hasn't asked the right question. Kirk finally did, um, probably because he was tired of asking the same question because that must have been like two hours since the moment because it's an hour since um since they get um the woman the patient zero so she you know kirk had been asking are you her father for an hour so finally he shifted and said is she her your daughter you know probably just thought of being exhausted but 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 anyway all, all that to say that liz's reaction to red being on death's door 
maybe it makes a little more sense than my emotional reaction was giving it. Yeah. So like I said, I, I like gushy scenes. I, I like those those deep emotional scenes. I'm a fan. And I, I wanted canon. I wanted a reveal. But yet, remember when I did a post a while ago, it said, I just got a big, a huge clue. I don't expect a big one in a while. So in a way, yes, I knew. I was hoping that a death scene would bring it. But I kind of knew. They just gave us a huge one, even if it was not recognized by many people. But I, I'm okay. I think that it makes sense, however disappointed I am. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It, it's fine. It makes sense. I just, I, I kind of, like, and, and I will feel that much better when they do finally reconcile and get on the same page. But it just, sometimes I'm impatient. Sometimes I just want it now. I just gotta and, be patient. <laughs> and and we're, we've got some spoilers that point out to several scenes from the past, so we're getting, we'll get them. Yeah. It's just, you know, we gotta be patient. This wasn't the proper episode and i like the fact that we stayed with red yeah we we saw a lot of red i mean this is probably i mean i i haven't read numbers or anything this is just gut reaction here this is probably the most red centered episode next to kate may Mm -hmm. i agree i think so and so so with liz i had two favorite scenes of hers (laughs) The first was the uh, smashing the guy with the stool. Have you ever tripped over one of those at night? <laughs> and so, like, immediately I was talking to a friend over Tumblr chat, and I said, that's going to be a one-shot. And she goes, oh, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Just flatten themselves, you know? Yep. I mean, because in Redemption, one of the first scenes you see is Tom tripping over a squeaky toy while he's got Agnes mm-hmm. in his arms. He's like, ah! And so, I mean, that's kids. I, they... Things are everywhere. It's it's just chaos because mm-hmm. especially if kids are sick or kids are, you know, cranky at night, like whatever the case, things are everywhere and frazzled parents it's are you. Yeah, and <laughs> frazzled parents are trying to work and take care of kids and all the things. And so yeah. Liz is probably <laughs> hopefully she hasn't thrown it at anybody, but you know, she does throw coffee cups, who knows? Um <laughs> Well, she's gone a long way. I, yeah, I, I if you really think about it, when is the last the last time she did something violent is when she punched uh, Rostov in the mouth, and boy, did she just he deserve that one? Oh yeah, yeah. No, she she has gotten a lot better. I still like the coffee cup comment. Still is one of my favorites because I just have this mental image of Tom snarking at her, just getting tired of something that's going on and just popping off. And her just turning around, not letting herself have a moment to talk herself out of it, and just hurling the coffee cup at him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. going, holy crap, I'm about to die. <laughs> the coffee cup that he lovingly made her. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> God. Oh, Tom. Oh, you season have to one, Tom. Just... Oh, season yeah. one, Tom. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I, I like that. And, and what's the second scene? Um, Is, uh... That jerk, Robert Dahl, <laughs> I think was his name. D- Dolly? Do- it was Dolly. 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 Yeah, Dolly. Um, so, I mean, because the whole time, he seems like just the sweet husband. I know he was wearing plaid. I didn't know He was wearing that. plaid. I knew it as soon as he came up. He wasn't a sweetheart. I knew he had done it. I'm just watching <laughs> him give his 
his mother and father-in-law coffee and then he's been out there the whole time I'm going oh you poor guy I'm so sorry for you your wife is dying and there's nothing you can do and then they go into the house with the search warrant and I love how wrestler just takes that search warrant and drops it into the top mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just when wrestler's 500 oh he's done someone, that he did he did that with Solomon in the in the cup in the in the glass of water sorry that's not readable <laughs> <laughs> no, but when he's done with someone, he's 500% done. He just gives no cares whatsoever. <laughs> and I love him when he gets to that point, because he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, did I drop that? And you're like, really, Raz? I love you. Um, but just, you get a complete change in the guy that he's the sweet, you know, loving husband that's just so worried about his wife when he's at the hospital. And he's lounging at their mansion in his little bubble bath. And when they come in, he stands up and Liz just rolls her eyes. And she's like, unless you want to do your perp walk like that, I suggest you put some clothes on. <laughs> I loved going, it. I love you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was and, that was a, a great moment. But but I did know that there was that um Helen Daly had not been um uh poisoned by Panetti. I knew it was a husband. It was a husband, it was a parents instance. The parents struck me as being all right. They weren't uh, wearing plaid, it was fine. <laughs> He, he well, it's not usually the wearer. It doesn't have let me p- put that way. It doesn't have to be the wearer, but well, just the fact that you got plaid in the situation tells you something is not as it is. So therefore, the parents seem genuine, and the guys talk about going to oh, uh, by the way, water. Sorry, talk Sarasota Springs for the wedding anniversary, and I said, oh no, 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 plaid in Sarasota Springs for a romantic weekend alone. Ah, uh, no. You gotta wonder, like, people, if they were to ever tune into us, never watching the show, and we're going, Plaid, water, he's the villain. And they're probably like, wait, what? <laughs> How did you get there? <laughs> yeah, I have two. I have two. I have one more. Uh, when Red is at the gym, he has flags around him. I know it's a gym, but he has a flag and a, one thing saying, no pain, no gain. And I'm, you know, every time I look at that, I think, yeah, Red is an undercover agent working a long mission because that was the first time we saw him in front of the FBI. Then we had a big close-up of him with um, Philip uh, Newton respectfully standing in a flag in the distance. Then he kneels on top of the FBI seal. Again, they put him flag in the distance. And then at the end of episode, he's sitting under the FBI seal with two agents at his side. Boy, I mean, they cannot hammer you more in the head. I don't know. Maybe I'm more on board with that than than the theory that Tom is undercover as you know a CIA operative. I I oh we'll talk about that one. I disagree with that one pretty wholeheartedly. (laughs) Hey, you've come a long way into Carly's one of Katerina's names, so (laughs) you keep dragging me into that one. (laughs) I keep trying to put the brakes on, and you keep just like inching me. It's like here, let me offer you candy to come a little closer. Yeah, we'll see. Into it. <laughs> hey, every season I have to discard a few. This is, I was telling Jen how this is the longest I've held to a theory in its entirety for the four years of the blacklist. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm a happy camper. Well, anything else you want to add on the, um, oh, I wanted to 
have to say, the fact that Red was poisoned and the apothecary was contacted via the dark web tells me I'm not sure that Dembe or Mr. Kaplan. I'm thinking that there's somebody's hacking in there. I hope it's not a ROM, though. Oh, it's not a ROM. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying I just hope. But somebody is somebody with hacking abilities can do that. It's I. I think it's one of two people. This is my me putting it out on the air mm -hmm. here. I think it's either Katarina getting his attention. Mm -hmm. Um. Or it's I, I've and I'm this is not my own theory. I've seen this floating around. Um, so I, I don't know where it originated from. So kudos to whoever it originated with. But the cabal, uh, the cabal is a very good option in my opinion because they've got the finances. They've got you know, eat, and Red is technically running them right now, so he may not think about it. So they may. I mean, they've been known to uh, turn mm -hmm. on their people before. Alan Fitch died. They didn't seem to care. Uh, the, you know, the director was killed. They, they, they had, that. they had Solomon killed. So, yeah. Like they just don't care. They're like, Oh, you're in our way. You used to be our leader. Tough rocks. You know, <laughs> let me put a bullet in your face. You know? <laughs> they're, they're not the most trustworthy lot. They really mm -hmm. aren't. The, the other option could be that Mr. Kaplan was taken by somebody who's threatening to hurt Liz and Agnes. Or what? her family, or yeah. whoever, and she's at that point having to choose between somebody that she loves very much and Red. And that's a possibility. I could, I could see that. I, I could accept that. I, I cannot, as it stands right now, accept the idea that Kate is going after him out of spite. Like, yeah. yes, especially he, with innocent people on the way. Yeah. Yes, he shot her in the face. I understand that, but. And, like, well, I would be pissed to high heavens over it. She's a different soul. I mean, she's not a normal person. She She's a cleaner for a living. And so when she was talking to the guy in the, the woods and everything, she never once sounded like she was angry at him. It was just kind of a... He didn't get... It was more sad than angry. Yeah. I agree. I, I it doesn't strike me also as she would not have uh, targeted Small and Stratus and his wife. It, it just doesn't sound right. Exactly. Uh, same as with Dembe. I mean, Dembe is constantly with Red. If he wanted to kill the man, put a bullet in the back of his head instead of serving him the whiskey. It would have worked just the same. Or don't take him to the doctor after poisoning him. I mean, it's yeah. I just. I, I don't. Not Dembe, yeah, it, not Kaplan. I, I think it's either going to be some form of Katarina or the Cabal, or maybe kind of both, because I still think that I, I'm still under the impression that Katarina and possibly even the Hargraves were linked to the Cabal at some point. I, I also think there is a possibility that this is the next big bad. Oh, yeah. Um, because, because when I looked at the... You know... It, there, there's a number of people for for the longest time red had no idea who was coming at him and how did he know his businesses or anything and still with berlin there are two questions that in my view remain unsolved which is why did berlin never touch liz because if he wanted revenge on on, on red all, all he had to do is just take liz prisoner and red would have just gone and I mean, we saw it with rostov and the second thing, so that, that tells me that in the parameters of somebody 
telling Berlin information, not hurting Liz was one of them. Yeah. And the second thing is, how did Berlin find out about about uh, Tom's contract? How did he know to go to the major? They gotta be a few of this organization. So he went to the major and found Tom. Uh, because Tom obviously didn't know who the enemy was. So how could Tom would have gone? He was working for Red. If he had managed to find that out, it didn't matter what he would have done. He would have gone to Red and say, I'm sorry, but you know what I got for you? I got the guy who's who's after you. Yeah. Yeah. Red would have been, all right, honey. Um, Just leave Liz alone and we're good. <laughs> That's Red's mantra. Just leave Liz alone. Just leave her alone, and we'll be okay. Of course, she wouldn't have done it, but, <laughs> but you know, that makes no sense. So to me, that that points out to somebody else out there manipulating the strings. Agreed. And uh, and somebody sent. Uh, you know, I'm I'm never been too convinced that actually Fitch State sets uh, send the bones to Berlin. I think that he did point out Red as being the culprit. But the bones is a different kind of spite. That takes years. He received them for years. So that speaks to me of a hatred beyond what Fitch had for taking information about the cabal. That's personal. Yeah. No, I definitely think there's someone out there that's that's huge. And so I guess we'll find out. Yep. And so uh, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else to add? I do not. And uh, I think uh, we are going to also record a podcast on the redemption. So stay with us. It will be posted separately uh, so people can also have a time to go and have something to eat or whatever. And then we'll delve into redemption. Yep. And I love it. <laughs> redemption was awesome. Um, yeah. But you can catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. That's where we post, and you can leave comments on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr, or and. You, you can leave them on all of them if you'd like. Mm-hmm. We love to hear from you guys. We love to hear the chatter and the, the responses and how you like the, the podcast. And any thoughts that you want to share, feel free. Until, uh, well, <laughs> until, you know, if you're joining us for Redemption, until a few minutes from now. All yeah, right. otherwise, until... Um... The eight week weeks. after the 20th? Well, nine weeks. Well, yeah, nine, eight, eight weeks until we post our review. Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.